0: Welcome to the Brighter Skies podcast with Gary Ware. This podcast is to inspire everyone to become the person they're meant to be, to take action and to realise life doesn't always go to plan. Gary will be speaking to successful entrepreneurs who will share the good, the bad and the ugly of building business and what to do to keep moving. Having left school with just two GCSEs, He achieved his aspiration to be a manager on the Red Arrows. Gary is all about assisting others to grow whilst he is now embarking on his next adventure. We will bring you inspiration with a dose of true insight and reality. Let's grow stronger together by learning from the journeys of the successful and knowing that there are always brighter skies ahead.
1: Uh, Welcome, everybody, and welcome to episode two of the Brighter Skies podcast. Uh, Today, we've got a a great entrepreneur sitting opposite me, uh, and that's Neville Wright. Thank you very much for agreeing to be on my podcast.
2: You're welcome, Gary.
1: Um, So for those that don't know Neville, um, Neville has got a a great story. Um, I don't know if you want to elaborate on that bit, Neville, just so people who don't know you get an understanding of you. Right. Okay. Where you started from and where you are now.
2: Yeah, well, um, I, I started uh, after my 17th job when I retired from mainstream employment. In other words, I got fired again. And, um, and this was in 1974 when uh, th- there was a recession. So there was no jobs. And who would want uh, to hire a dyslexic ADHD uh, lad uh, when there's a million other people who could read and write? so i would be at the bottom of the queue and uh and and just to give you an idea in the 60s, and early 70s if you got fired in the morning uh, or you left a job in the morning you could get one in the afternoon so that all come to an end abruptly uh like many people i wanted for the for the previous eight years i wanted to be self-employed i wanted a business i wanted to work with my wife marilyn and um and i had a million excuses why i couldn't or wouldn't do it and so it was there was no more excuses because um, my back was against the wall i had no choice and so i've got to burn my bridges and become responsible and retire from mainstream employment because now coming up to 72 people go uh uh, why are you not retired? And I go, what is retirement? And they said, doing what you want to do when you want to do it, mate. Uh-huh. And I go, well, do you not think I'm doing that? Uh, and I've done it since I was 24. So there we are. So um, we started off in property maintenance, which is a posh word for k- window cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, but it's the only word uh, for window cleaning is property maintenance. And then we went on to... Um, all types of property, maintenance and building. We've, and we've built uh, factories and houses and flats and everything you can imagine over the years. And then we started in retail three years after we uh, went self-employed. And so we ended up um, with two, um, you could call them jobs, two businesses. And we knew nothing about either one and we grew the uh, what was a nursery business selling prams and we started selling second hand prams in 1977 knowing nothing and we grew that to be the largest in, independent uh, in Europe and uh, we sold that one we sold four of them but we sold the last one for 70 million pounds which was quite nice and um, and that was in cash and that was a world record uh, for uh, selling uh, one uh, shop, mum and dad shop, uh, really. And it was, um, there was 125 people worked in that one shop full wow. time. So it's uh, quite, you know, a, a sizable operation. Yeah. So that's my story. Uh, that was 11, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, um, when we come out of retail and then we've invested in lots of businesses since. We've uh, created some and sold them along the way and we continue to do so so every day is different
1: yeah that's brilliant and um i'm a big fan of your story um i've listened to and read your book uh multiple times so it's really good and and kitty cow is a, is a, a massive brand um so yeah 37 pence wasn't it going up to so 100 million pence. on on you
2: yes and uh yeah, the, the 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 book is called "The Answer Is Yes." Now, what is the question? The, that title came from uh, the third week into uh, our journey on self-employment, and um, the all the proceeds go to charity. And it's uh, it, it's a I think it's a great read because I've read it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah.
2: I, wrote it. I, wrote, I wrote a million words to get one hundred and forty thousand. Words right, so I wrote I wrote it and rewrote it and rewrote it because being dyslexic, uh, it was a, a a job to do it. But I had it um, looked at and the person who read it said, "I'm not changing the way you write, uh, just the spelling of some of the words." And that was that was
1: it. Yeah. So, so I think it's brilliant. Um, Thank you. If anybody's not read the book, please read the book. It's up there with Shoe Dog. So uh, it has a personal touch to it and it talks about how to to then grow a business or how how you got along in life and what you did and I, yeah it's really good um going back to what you, you mentioned earlier we, you mentioned that you've been got you've been sacked or laid off from your job yeah.
2: um fired i think it's yeah, fired <laughs> yeah and uh, well deserved because i'll just jump in there if, if i may and uh, and whatever you think about comes true And it doesn't, uh, it says on here, uh, this is on my uh, website. It says, manifest everything that you want. Start now by reading my book. Oh, that's an advert. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, but it does say uh, manifest everything you want. And so I manifested that um, to be fired, really. Uh, I didn't really want to be fired, but I didn't want the job. So if you really hate something so bad, uh, and you want to uh you want to leave that job, don't worry about it because you're gonna get fired with your attitude. Yeah. So um so whatever you manifest in life, you get good or bad. You know, there's yeah. no difference. You you'll get it.
1: Law of attraction. The
2: law uh, of attraction.
1: Yeah. Yes. Massive believer. <laughs> Massive believer. And, and I think if you believe it, the universal um serve it to you. And yeah uh, you've got to then th- that will then direct the way that you think. Yes. As soon as you start believing it. And if you believe that you are meant to be this type of person, an entrepreneur and, and going that way, you start to think about it more and you start to then formulate your own plan of where you want to be. So yeah, I think it's, it's massively important. Uh, but you also mentioned uh, who would want to employ somebody with ADHD and who would want to have somebody that's dyslexic. Um, and that's, that brings on a point of labels and stigmas that people have because I don't see somebody who's got dyslexia. I don't see somebody who's got ADHD. I, I see somebody who's got... Fine. yeah but i I see somebody who's got great potential yes because people will go down and focus on a way that this person can't do something because because it's the way the society tells us to believe but when you scratch the surface that person might be brilliant and above anybody you've ever met in a set skill so i wondered how you how you felt about that and how you then adapted it to the your own personal growth
2: Um, Dyslexia and ADHD was, uh, the, the catalyst for me to be successful. Uh, so, um, I embrace it. I think it's brilliant. Uh, and I would, um, I would say, uh, you're hired to anybody who comes along and has and got these things, um, because most people don't realize the value of somebody. And, uh, I won't say everybody in kiddie care had uh, dyslexia and ADHD, but a lot of people did. And a lot of people thought uh, different. And it was uh, it was great. And that's what made the, the business so successful, the people, you know, the, their attitudes and uh, everything. And so we wasn't uh, afraid of um, letting people go uh, their own way. So if they'd got uh, a, a, some kind of talent that they liked uh, and they wanted to use it, then we made space for them and we developed their talent inside the business which in in, um, in essence it uh, it grew the business in in lots of ways that we didn't expect you don't expect these things but every day is a new uh, a new opportunity to um, bring new things into the business so was, uh, so that's the way I think of it um, they didn't realize when uh, I was a child in the 50s and the 60s. They just thought you're stupid. They had a curriculum. And in fact, I, I, don't, I don't think the curriculum is, is right because they make you do things you can't do and don't want to do and incapable of doing at that present time. And so they force you to do more of it, which makes you even more depressed and anxiety and, and, and worried and, um, and you don't want to go to school because you can't do those things they're pushing on you and they push these things on you because you can't do them and they should be exactly the opposite way do what you can do and do it the best and then when you've done that and you want to learn and you have to have things uh in in place when you go into business and you learn those things and if you can't learn them you get other people to come in that have got that talent and don't want to be self-employed don't want to take on uh, what we took on, but they want to contribute. And so these people are 100% in contributing because they're doing something they love doing.
1: Yeah, um, I I totally agree with that. Um, I see education as, I think school is important in some ways, but as long as it's done correctly, as long as you're inspiring children, and sometimes children need to be inspired in certain ways, and, and adults as well, I think, need to be inspired in certain ways. I just want to, so with the education, would you say you educated yourself more after school?
2: Oh, yes. Yeah. I, 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 I believe in education, um, that it's, it's one thing that you need is education, but uh, not all education is the same. And, uh, and you will find, I, I found after leaving school, I educated myself and after going self-employed, I really started to educate myself. Because there was a need and a want and a desire and everything. Well, you've got to have those. You've got to have those desires to educate yourself. What, whatever age you are, you've got to have the need and the want, um, and 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 that comes along. Yeah, people are not very often. They're not ready to be educated uh, in in some ways, and they will get educated when they're ready. And it doesn't matter whether you're twenty or fifty or. 70. I educate myself every day. So in in lots of different things that I'm interested in. And a lot of things I don't know I'm interested in until I turn on this, um, you know, the computer or look at my phone and I see something and something pops up and I'm interested in that. And I might be interested in it to learn about it for five minutes or five hours or 50 hours, whatever it, whatever it takes. And if you're interested in something, that's fine. But you've got the choice. In school, you haven't got the choice. Between 9 and 10, it's, uh, I don't know, writing. And between 10 and 11, it's history and blah, 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 and whatever. And, um, and you haven't got that choice. I have that choice every day, where I spend 10 minutes on something or 10 hours. So it's... Um, and then enthusiasm kicks in and you can make something of that. I think a lot of kids are wasting their time in the education system as it is. I would like to see kids leave school at 14 and uh, while they've still got their whys with them, while they've still got their brain excited, while they're still uh, have got that child's brain of learning, not necessarily the curriculum, but learning in life because I think between 14 and 18 it's kicked out of you and uh, you're brainwashed into uh, a different world whereas if you could leave 14 and go and uh, get jobs many jobs as possible to, to learn and then you can always go back to school whether it's at night whether it's doing a university course or whatever it is and lots I don't these people a lot of people will go and go. I'm at university three years or whatever it is. I'm going to do this. Why not have uh, three years uh, and have uh, twelve different vocations, you know, and, and and learn a lot, and then decide which one you actually want to major in. Go and get a job and major in that in the evenings or at weekends or whatever. Yeah. So so there's a, my way of learning is probably a little bit different to. I mean, The mainstream
1: but i think a lot of people would enjoy your way of learning rather than going down the mainstream because i agree when you get to 14 and 18 you are scripted to pass an exam
2: yeah if you can remember something then you pass it and you get a certificate and so many people get a certificate for something they hate but they're good at retaining the answers to the questions uh but that doesn't mean that they're going to make any use of these uh, skills, uh, or not skills, because they've got skills. Uh, these bits of paper, they they can go and get a job, but it doesn't mean that they're a good employee. They could be the worst, you know. And if they're not excited, if you're not in your element in in doing something, I'll call it work, right? But if you are in your element and you want to know everything about that job, everything about the equipment, everything about what you are doing, what difference do you make to that company? What difference do you make to the people's lives uh, who are their customers? Then, and you're in your element doing it, and you've got no idea of time because it's, it's what you're doing that you're focusing on. That's what makes a, a, a good person, not, not somebody who says, oh, I've got a certificate, but I hate this job.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's all about living, isn't it? And yeah. not being you can fall into that yeah. that track of not being and not not fulfill your potential yeah yeah it's um i think it's a tough world I, I try to inspire my children to to understand what they want so not to just say well i want to be this well what is this what does it mean to you what work do you need to get there and then what would it feel like so go and speak to the people that are already doing it to then get through it and i think what you touched on with the choices as well the choices is is really good that you've got choices, but I think it's important to know that while you're making your own choices, your choices can then, you can go and find ways around things. So when you are you can't do something, you, your choice is you can find somebody who can do something. And especially with business, and especially the people that I'm, I'm trying to inspire with this podcast are, are all for people that are setting up their own businesses. The ones that are trying to work their own path to, to their own enjoyment of, if you enjoy what you do you'll never work a day in your life and that's what these people want so i want them to understand that through your inspirational story that you you you're so talented in so many ways and just by somebody saying well you've not followed this route doesn't mean that you can't do what you want to do if that makes sense yeah
2: it does Uh, and if somebody has uh, been labeled go back to that labeling again um, well, that's good because uh, you've got something to, you, you've got a benchmark to prove people wrong. And I remember uh, people, teachers going, right, you'll never amount to anything. <laughs> you know. yeah. um, well, I'm good at chess, you know, and there's so therefore I am good at something, you know, and um, so you, you build on that. And chess has been, uh, a great thing for me uh, because I learned uh, chess when I was about 12 and, um, and it's all about you, your opponents, uh, what moves are they going to make, which will um, uh, either benefit or um, uh, not benefit yourself. And so you're always anticipating, you're always looking, if I do this, what is the outcome? If I do this, this and this, then what will be the outcome? And then something will crop up in between when you've got your moves ready, you know, two, three, four, five, six moves ready, and, and something will come along and stop you. And this is good. This is just like business. So very often you only want to have two moves, not six or seven. And a lot of people will have all these moves ready, and it will come to nothing because they've set this up. And they say, well, Uh, and and they set all the ducks up in a row, which is fine in some cases, especially if you're building. You know, there's no point getting on site and saying, oh, well, the roof's arrived, um, but the walls are not up and the foundations are not in. So I don't mean that. I mean, you've got to to get all your ducks in a row for that. So uh, the building process. Um, But if you go too far and you haven't done the first thing, then... um, then it all collapses because it's a lot of it is theory and not practice. So you've got to get, you've got to be in it to win it. You've got to get in it. And most people are waiting. It's like I uh, describe in my book, um, going self-employed is like standing on a 15 meter diving board uh, at the swimming pool. And they they haven't turned the heating on in the swimming pool. It's freezing cold. (laughs) And so are you going to jump? And the answer is no, really, you're not going <laughs> to jump because it's nice, you know, it, it, it's better where you are. And, you, and while it's better where you are, you're not going to jump. And when you do, and so if somebody pushes you, which is the greatest thing ever, somebody gives you a push, you, you can't go back, and you're in that water, and it's freezing cold, but actually, after a few minutes, it becomes warm. And after a few minutes, you learn to swim and you learn to acclimatise to what's going on. And that is like business. Too many people sit on the sidelines. Too many people sit on that uh, diving board uh, thinking the water will get warmer soon. Maybe it'll get uh, higher and I won't have so far to jump. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe um, I'll get a raise where I hate this job and I'll be all right.
1: Uh, yeah, I I, yeah, I agree with that it, wholeheartedly. Um, I think you need to adapt in business. Um, but would you say that you adapted throughout your business? Because I, I like what you mentioned in your book. You need to have an end goal. You need to have something at the end that you you need to achieve.
2: Yeah.
1: But did you adapt that ending as you got progressed lots, of, lots, through? Lots of
2: endings. Every day,
1: every day, every week, every
2: month, every year. Lots of endings, lots of projects. So... Uh, yeah, you start a project, and you've probably got ten projects on the go, and all of those finish at the. Uh, you know, you've got an end goal. Uh, but the end goal for us, for a start, was to be financially secure, which I think most people want mm-hmm. to to know they're not um, uh, that they're, they're not looking for the money all the time, every day, scrimping and scraping. They are. Uh, they're secure. They've got money coming in uh, as a byproduct while they're sleeping. So, in other words, if you've got some property and you've got uh, rental income, then you know you're pretty secure. If they pay, if they pay the rent, so then. You, but you've always got to have something else going on. A few, a few, multiple streams of income. I think they call it, mm-hmm. and uh, multiple streams of um, uh, of. Of doing things in your, in your life, so um, here you have my 50 year goal at the moment is just to be around. I'll be, I'll be like 120, so there's a 50 year goal, you know. And and but uh, along with those, I've always had a 50 year goal of being about. So, along with that, there's no point in being about if you're a, if you can't move, if you can't enjoy yourself. So, there's health. So you need, you need to keep healthy. You need to keep fit. You need to... There's a lot to go with it. I was, there's no point in being here. Um, this is from my perspective. Nobody elses. is. Either I'm not saying you should or you... Whatever. I'm not advocating this for everybody. It's, it's what I want. And, what, and, and if you don't look after you, number one, if you don't look after yourself, uh, then you can't look after other people. And if your aim, if your number one aim is to look after your family, then you can't look after your family without looking after yourself. And I don't mean being mean or anything. I mean, when you get on that aircraft, do you remember the aircraft we used to go on years ago? Um, two years ago. Uh, so the, the first thing I'd say is, um, in the case of a cabin, you know, air loss, um, you put your own mask on first. Because if you don't, within 15 seconds, you can't help anybody else, can you? Yeah. So you put your own mask on first. So you look after yourself, healthy wise and uh, financially and everybody else around you benefits. Yeah. I don't know what the question was.
1: Help yourself to help others. No, <laughs> it was talking about your, your end goal. So we were asking oh, right. about your, your end so, goal, whether it changed over the So over we've got your end
2: goals for um, uh, being here and health and uh, and then then there's no point in being here if, you, if you've not got wealth because then you can't help anybody else. Yeah, everything is... If, if I want to help anybody then I've got to have these things for myself and so there's uh, shorter time goals than, um, we, we've just um, got planning permission on uh, I think it's about 100 houses um, maybe 110 I don't know but uh, planning permission came through yesterday and that's took two years so our end goal was to get planning permission now our end goal is to start the project then our end goal is to finish it you know and it's like you 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 it's a moving goalpost and then I got um a month ago a uh, we we got a certificate to uh build uh, uh, commercially and um, 240,000 square foot uh on an industrial making an industrial park and uh, so that, again that's been at least two years in the planning it has so these things, you've got goals. Our first goal on that was to buy it. Our second goal was to demolish the existing buildings. You know, the third goal was something else and something else and, and so on. And so, therefore, uh, lots of goals, lots of time frames. So no, no one specific thing that you can say is, I've only got one goal and I've only got, you know, one ending. No.
1: How was it with what you've just done all your plans that you've just done so for the houses and then f- for this was it a tough a tough um project to get a- across the various milestones like you said the various endings was
2: that i don't know <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get involved uh, because it drives me mad I, I don't want to talk to people that can't make a decision and i don't want to talk to people that won't make a decision or are in it because of the job's worth and the longer they can um longer they can keep it running, uh, longer they can find fault or find things wrong, the longer they have a job. And I don't like that, so I don't get involved. I don't want to. My life is too short to be um, dealing with people like that. So I get involved in finding places. I get involved in negotiating and uh, buying I get involved in what we think we could do with the sites and I get involved with probably design and, um, and building uh, to a certain extent. But going through the formalities that are ridiculous uh, because if I was sitting on the other side of the fence, in the planning department, I would be liaising with the rates department. The rates department should be saying, we need you to pass the planning so we can get the rates, so we can serve the local community, and there'll be more jobs when this these places are built, there'll be more jobs and duh, 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 whatever. That's, they should be talking to each other like that, and then they should be looking at our scheme and saying to themselves, "In five years' time, is this going to? Is this scheme going to make any difference at all? Are we going to spend years and years arguing over everything, and then still have it built, and we've just delayed the uh, uh, rates, we've delayed people's livelihoods, and they delay and delay? If it's something really." Uh, bad then they should come out with it the first week and say this this and this wants to be altered and then we'll give you planning permission and that's what should happen you should alter it and uh, do the planning permission but um, it's the system is broken the system is wrong it is and um, it doesn't help the normal person and that's what we're here for you know to to people to to uh, get premises yeah, on the industrial uh, side, for businesses to grow, to employ people, and then put money in the economy? Uh, and why would you bring something from the other side of the world when you can make it here? You know, it's all nobody is joined up. Nobody's thinking of the big picture. And um, so it, it infuriates me, and I, I, there's no point in going to meetings where you can't make a difference. So I don't, don't go.
1: So so would you say you surround yourself with the specialists and the team that can uh,
2: yeah yeah
1: just get them to le- leverage it all out We've got more get them patience. to yeah get them to uh got more patience sit on it. Than me
2: and and you know I've, I've been there and I've done it so I don't like it um, because of those reasons what I've just said so why would I do it now
1: exactly yeah I think that's that's important why why would you do something that you don't like which you, you've identified that you don't like yeah and then do it again. I think if they that's... took
2: notice and we got them through, then that's all I would do because I'd be making a difference in the world or in our area and, um, and I would pursue that. And you'd be asking the question, what happens? And I'd go, I don't know, somebody buys the land and i go and negotiate the, the planning. I'd be doing that if I felt that I was good at it, but I'm not, I'm not good at um, listening to crap. Mm. So I'm not good at it. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't work.
1: So. so working working on your business, not in your business, it's still making it tick, but it's, you don't yeah. need to know everything, do you? You don't need to micromanage. Yeah. Um, so would you say it's important then to fit? Because you, you, you've you worked over the years with your family, w- with the right people. Do you, th- do you think it's important to surround yourself with the right people that work with yourself?
2: It's the only thing to do. It actually wouldn't get anything done. How can one person create uh, a... A big business without lots of other people so it's it's natural it is so if you want something and you manifest it this is what i want uh, and you find a gap well you have to fill that gap and it's as easy as that so you find somebody and the people go oh but i've got to find the right person oh well have you, you know, said, yes, you have got to find the right person. But does that mean that you're going to procrastinate and not, and not build your business because you can't find the right person? And when that person does come along, how do you know they're the right person? And if they are the right person and everything goes all right, maybe they'll get a divorce and leave the area. Maybe they'll die. Maybe they'll have a, you know, another problem and it, and it won't go right. So therefore, you've probably wasted a year of your life waiting for the right person to come along. When actually, it all goes tits up, you know, and it's and it's and it's wrong. So you start, you employ, you know, you've got a you've got a vacancy, you employ somebody, uh, and if they are um, willing to learn and they fit in right, then that's that's fine. But how do you know you're going to get on with them? You've got to make that decision and uh, Nike said, um, do it and do it now, or something like that. Um, did they say that? Or is it me who said that? I oh, know. My, <laughs> my father said that. Do it. Do it now. Not, not now, I told you to do it five minutes ago. You know, it's like, do it. Make that decision and do it. And then, and then have the, you've got those consequences. Can you train a person? Uh, are they making a difference? Do you need another person? Then you get another person and another one. And unfortunately, if the first person wasn't right, then they've tried, you know, and there's other other jobs for them. And you never know because they've probably got skills that you never knew about. So uh, don't hang about in building your business on getting the right people
1: because you're going to be very disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, so working with your family as well.
2: Yeah. How
1: tough was that?
2: Both of us, I'll tell you that Marilyn and myself had got problems. But luckily there were different problems. So um, I could talk, couldn't read and write. She could read and write because she's a lot brainier than me. She'd got she could see words and she she embraced school because the curriculum was right for her. But um, the way she was brought up, children should be seen, but not heard. And a good slapping would put paid if she was heard. So therefore that destroyed her confidence in um, talking to people. So she was, she was, uh, I got a problem and, and I've got a problem. And I could talk and she could write, you know, and it's like, we fitted together. So if we work for other people, we would always have problems. In whatever way the problems would, would occur, you know, you'd get bullied or you'd get uh, laughed at or you'd get whatever, or you wouldn't fit in, you wouldn't get a promotion or whatever it may be. So, so, therefore, it seemed logical that we would work together because we could protect each other. And two heads are better than, th- two heads together are better than three. Now, what do we want? And, it, and you've got to align yourself with what you want. So you've got to write down what you want. And if those two bits of paper fit together, like a glove, you know, and was are a hand in glove, um, if they fit together and you both want security, yeah, well, we wanted, um, we wanted to get married. Well, you know, what does a 16 year old boy want? 16 year old girl. So, you know, and vice versa, you know. So we, we wanted to get married. We wanted a, uh, a house and we wanted a family. So those three quite easy things. And then we wanted to work together. But why? Because we want to protect each other. So we're not talking about money on any of these things. Um, we, I haven't mentioned money. I haven't mentioned doing something to get money. And what I'm saying is what do we want as people? And we wanted security then after that, so uh, then we wanted a life where we could enjoy ourselves, create, not particularly create something because we, that never come into it, but we wanted to look after ourselves without other people telling us what to do, how to do it, and then criticising us. So we, we wanted those. Then it started, what else do we need? Okay, well, we need money. So do you need money? Do you need, uh, how much money do you need to live the rest of your life if something happened? So it's an awful lot of money, but that was kind of in the background because we work from day to day to day to day, you know, and and built up. So the people who say, I want to be a billionaire, I want to be a millionaire, I want to be, you know, okay, maybe you do, put that in your 50-year goal uh, and then forget it, you know, because you can't be a millionaire next week. Uh, unless you win the lotto, and I've got news for you, you're not going (laughs) to win it. And if you did win it, you wouldn't know what to do with it, and you'd lose it all. So um, money is attracted to people who look after it. And when you look after money, you attract more money. And when I say look after it, I don't mean put it in a tin box and bury it in your garden. I mean, uh, money is exactly the same as people, and people need to work. And when they laid off eight or nine million people uh, last year, it was a travesty because people get bored, they get up to mischief and, and uh, I'm not saying everybody, but things happen in their lives which wouldn't normally happen. People need to work and they need to feel uh, that. And, um, and it's the same with money. Money needs to be put to work and to do good. So money is attracted with money. And uh, people are attracted to people who work. So you you build a team around you of workers because they want to be with you. They want they're seeing that logic prevails and and uh, and they have a say. And if you say right, this is the project we're going to do. Uh, it's a new project, and we've worked on it for a few months. And this is it, all so laid out. But I want to know. If it doesn't work, within 10 minutes, we scrap it and start again. If, it, if some works and some doesn't, I want to know straight away. There's no point in, seeing, in going through a warehouse and seeing a pick and pack team, and you go, what on earth are you doing there? And they go, well, this is what it says on the, 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 the description of what we have to do. I said, but um, your wrapping paper is on your left-hand side. And they go, yeah, it is, it should be on the right. Well, why, why have you spent six months crossing over when you really should have it in between yourselves. Why are you crossing over each other? And you go, yeah, I know, I guess on our nerves. Why don't you say something? So it was always, if something doesn't, uh, if something goes wrong, yeah, even if it's 10 minutes into a new thing, let us know, and then we'll alter it. And, we, and, and that's, oh, I'm going off the subject really. But, um, no, it's fine. But the thing is, it's, uh, we wanted to work together because there's a reason. We wanted to be secure financially. We wanted a bigger house. We wanted a better house. You wanted a car that didn't break down. You wanted this and wanted that. And so, therefore, if we both wanted those things, you're both on the same hymn sheet, is it, singing the same song. And uh, and then you know whether you're right. And, and it doesn't come in to like uh well i don't know whether i'll get on with with my wife or not at work because what you know it's what do you want what do you both want i do want the both both want the same thing and is there a drive then to help each other get what they want
1: yeah i agree and and i think with me we do similar to you it's security it's our way of life with there's so many things that we want to do so many things we want to see we want a house we don't we don't look we value things for their value to us not for monetary uh, value um and that's what it's all about it's about giving ourselves a bit of time a bit of freedom uh, i'm we've both got different sets of skills so we would align um my wife is is very direct she knows what she wants where she's going so it's great uh, that she can bring that and give drive in a certain direction while i can go off and find the different things that I want to do to build the business and grow the business and bring it back and then adapt it. And she can streamline me and keep me on the the straight and narrow. So it would be killing myself that way. She'd kill me because I'd be going off and finding different things that she'd then have to rein me back in, but I'd make it work. We'd make it work. Yeah. So it's good. But do you, do you think everything happens for a reason? Do you think you've, you've worked together as a family? You've, like we said, you manifested this. Do you think that happens for a reason?
2: I wanted to do that. It was in the back of my mind. It was the best thing I could possibly do. And I wanted it. I willed it. And you can will these things. And you, and, and you can either will um, when you meet somebody, getting on with them, or not. And uh, you could, every, everything, you can, it's in, in between your two ears. And you can um, make it happen. And it's only you can make it happen. And you decide what's going to happen and how it's going to play out. And uh of course you you can't um you can't understand what's going to happen outside of your circle like um tax and the government and things. You know you don't know what they're going to do from minute to minute at the moment, uh, let alone from year to year. So therefore people can make things unstable for you. So I've got a saying, and that I've always had a saying ever since I went in self-employed, you take the luck as it comes and you fit yourself to it. So therefore, whatever the government do, whatever your next-door neighbor does, whatever the situation is, whatever the weather's like, you take that look, you take that situation, and uh, whether you think it's good luck or bad luck, well you fit yourself to that situation. And so, therefore, you can't say, well, that's not fair. It is what it is. You know, if they put taxes up to 90%, it is what it is. And you have to do something about it. And you have to get round it. You have to accept, the, accept uh, a lot of things you can't change. But there's an that old saying, um, accept the things you cannot change. Have the courage to change the things uh, that you can and have the wisdom to know the difference. Well, that took me bloody years to understand that. Because I couldn't accept the things, I couldn't accept what I couldn't change. So I fought it and fought it and fought it. But then I, after years and years and years, I I had the wisdom to know the difference. So then you uh, change the things you can. In other words, people say about pissing in the wind, you turn yourself, you turn around (laughs) Yeah, so the wind isn't coming forward. You know, it's like you have to turn round and um, and and fit yourself to it and accept things. People cannot. A lot of people cannot accept things. What's happened in their lives, and so they use it as a crutch for the rest. I should have, could have, but I didn't. You know, and and I uh, and this is what happened, and this is what they go. Oh, my partner let me down, you know, and and if it wasn't for that, I would have been rich, you know? No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. You'd have found some other excuse. And some people don't trust other people. And I say in the book, it's a sad situation when you don't trust people and even some people don't trust the person they see in the mirror when they're shaving every morning. You know, it's, um, and that's sad that, uh, that that that's the situation. Um, so yeah, so you've got to take your look as it comes, whatever it is. Whether you class it as good or bad, then you've got to fit yourself to it and make the best of it, and uh, and go round, and make it work. And that's what happens every day in business.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love I love that you framed it in such a way that it is about personal growth and. You said you, you found found things later on in life that you couldn't accept certain bits and the government are always changing and you've just got to react. So yeah, I love that. Um, and I think that will help everybody that, that is listening because this is, this is the whole point of this, is this show is to help people grow. And it's, it's not going to be easy, is it?
2: I had an interview yesterday and somebody said, uh, the, the, the person who was uh, interviewed said, would it not have been a lot better, Neville, for you to have gone... From zero going straight up to success all the way, all the way, without having all the problems and and everything what was uh, off because it read my book and said, Christ, you have a lot of problems, you did, but wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be far nicer? And if you could do it again, would you not like to go from where you started straight up to success? And i go, no, no, because that wouldn't have been a success because that's too easy. That it's like if you are a mountain climber, uh, why bother? Why are you going to try and climb yeah. a mountain? You know, for fun? Uh, why would you do that when you know you could just walk up a slope and get to the top of the mountain? Is that fun? To a mountain climber, you know. Uh, what about a triathlon? My my daughter's uh, an Iron Man, so uh, she's been all over the world doing Iron Man. You know, and um, this is if it was easy, why do it? Why do something that is easy uh, uh, and n- not fulfilling and not exciting? And and um, you have to, you know, take take what comes, and that is part of business getting over the problems, solving the problems, and this is why you know you. Uh, you embrace problems. Bring me another. Bring me another. That's what I am doing. Bring me another. <laughs> you know, the more problems you're solving for people, the more uh, that the business will grow and the more money people will give you so you can invest it into whatever and be secure. So solve people's problems and they'll be flocking to you. And that's, and, and that's something. And in kitty care, uh, we were solving people's problems. Oh, God, I, I'm going to have this baby. What do I do with it? How do I carry it about? We you know what I'm going to, what's going to happen, you know, and all that kind of stuff. We solved people's problems. we did and um and and so we helped people you know in the building industry, it was like, well, and I've got a grand family. What am I going to do with them? I've only got two bedroom house. Well, I need an extension. I solve people's problems you know and this is it. Plumbers solve people's problems every day because they don 't like water flooding their houses so the more you can, you know, you can do, the more problems you'll solve.
1: I love that. Yeah, I love that as well. Because, uh, a lot of that... people
2: don't think. That, a lot of people think it's for them. Them, all about them. But it's not. It's all about. Some people said to me, "If it wasn't for the customers, I'd be happy." <laughs> <We> no, <shouldn't, laughs> you shouldn't be in that job. It's the customers you want to be happy, and then it will make you happy. a A lot of reverse psychology is in the book and a lot of stuff is between the lines and if people skim over it well they go yeah it's just another book Uh, if people go why did he do this and why did they do that and how did that work you know against all odds because uh, when we went into the nursery business in 1977 there was I think 2,200 other nursery businesses in the country and a lot of them was like 30 years old and they the second or third generation and and they knew far more than us they've got more money than us they've got better premises than us how come we went from uh, being a nothing uh, selling a few secondhand prams in a two-up-two-down terraced house uh, to becoming number one in the independent shop in europe and then when we sold 10 years ago there was only 250 Shops left in this country. What happens? Why? You know, and it's um, so that, you know, these things can happen.
1: They can. It's the game game of chess. Exactly. It's understanding your future moves. But uh, the reason I liked your book is because in your book, yes, you'll go through all the hardship as well. It worked out, yes, it was the achievements, which were brilliant, but it showed you getting up there, but the, the obstacles in the way, but you never gave up you found a way around it and that's what I really like about it because you can you can see it and and I've seen it personally where somebody gets to some hardship and it's like they can't see the wood for the trees they can only see one exit rather than trying to work around it
2: yeah well I had some good mentors um I did and uh, some excellent people uh, that that um told me, some of them was quite vicious in telling me <laughs> where I was going wrong or my attitude uh, and they say your attitude will, uh, will eventually uh, decide where your altitude is you know and, um, and, and so uh, when, when people are more interested in uh, your business than you are, then you realise you know, you're not doing it right and, um, and so I have some good mentors and the thing is and if you're going to live another week, or another year, or another day, then why pack up? Why go backwards and, um, and, and forget about all the hard work you've done? Oh, is it too hard? You know, it's a, well, it's gonna be harder. It was gonna always be harder for me to go and get a job. Always, because somebody's gonna tell me what to do. Somebody's gonna remind me of what I couldn't do every day. And I, did, I didn't want that. So I, I didn't care how hard the job was. It was easier, all the pitfalls, all the problems, all the heartaches, and uh, that, that it was easier than going back to be ridiculed. You know, so, yeah, I might as well lose and be ridiculed. And, and I guess <laughs> I've lost myself, you know. So, um, yeah, things were hard. But uh, when, when it is hard... Uh, everybody pulls together and um, and helps and um, and then you come up with some great stuff. You know, it's uh, you you learn to think outside the box and to do things different because if it's not worked or if somebody's coming along, that government has changed the um, ch- changed the law, whatever it may be, changed things, and then you have to think of how do you get over it. And that's a great thing because that's a good game. <laughs> it is. You know, people, people will go to work and then they go home and play a game. Well, we were playing a game every day because it was just one big game. It's a one big fun fair. You know, and you've got... And, and I say, when you're born, you have your tickets to go through life, go through your fun fair. And some people stay in that fun fair all their life. And, and all they'll spend their tickets on is going on the cups, going round and round on the cups, you know, because that's easy. That's safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if you want to get through life, you want to get through uh, the funfair. You've got to go on the House of Horrors, and even though you don't want to, you find yourself you've got to be in to get outside the park. And if you want to be free to get out of that park, then you've got to go through that House of Horrors and uh, and 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 the um, what's it called it the no. Um, things you go up and down on. And, uh, the roller coasters. Roller coasters. Yeah. You've got, you've got to go on some shit roller coasters in yeah. life. Yeah. So to, if you want to stop in the park, well, spend all your life tickets on the teacups and be safe. If you want to get out of the park into freedom, then you've got to uh, go on a roller coaster in the House of Horrors uh, to get through. And <laughs> that is it, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah and, and with your eyes open as well <laughs> <laughs> my
2: father-in-law it. said uh um i interviewed him uh once uh, a few years ago before he died and uh i, I said to him is there is there anything on one of the questions is there anything um that you would uh, recommend that i did and he says open your eyes open your eyes and he was uh he He'd had to go into a hospital. He had a nervous breakdown years ago when he was young to go into a hospital, for electric treatment on his brain. And when he came out, he got a job and he had to walk to work because he wasn't fit to drive a car. So he had to walk to work and uh, he had to hang on to the railings and people's fences as he walked to work so he didn't fall over. Right, not many people would do that now, but he he did that because he needed to uh, get back into work and feed his family, and um, and he had to hang on to the railing so he didn't fall over some days. And, that was, uh, and when I met him in 1966, um, he had three jobs. Going. He had a full-time job on shift work, and he had two other jobs in between shift work. So, uh, you know, you have to do these things Oh,
1: well, yeah, that's phenomenal. phenomenal story, that is. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's, that's inspired you even more so to, to carry on with well, it? Well,
2: inspired me. Be, uh, he inspired me because I thought he was a nutcase. I thought <laughs> he, was, he was dreadful, yeah, the way he treated his children. And it was like, uh, but I didn't realise for years and years and years that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't him. It's not what he wanted. It was that you know, he had electrical treatment. He was farming. He was, uh, and uh, it took me a long, long time to understand why he was like it. And um, you know, it's so. So these things happen in life, and it drives you. So what I, I didn't know at the time how bad he was, um, but I knew I knew how bad he was um, with the children should be seen but not heard, and a good slapping would put pay to that. Uh, so that inspired me to um, uh, be able to uh, get Marilyn into some kind of freedom and, um, uh, and, and out of that situation. So, yeah, so, you know, the, the darkest days, what they say, the darkest days, day, the, the light will come after the darkest days. So, mm. uh, you know, so it inspires you. Whatever it is, good or bad,
1: it inspires you. It shows you your direction. It shows you the way that you want to go. You're either yeah. following somebody or yeah. you've, you're choosing not to follow yeah. that the way that they are yeah. uh, to improve things. Yeah, I love that. Um, I think that's very important, uh, especially going forward. Um, so we touched touch on mentors and mentorship. You, you offer mentorship as well, don't you? I do, yeah.
2: yeah. I mentor a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, people that's um, in... Business and probably been in business for thirty years, so they've got several businesses and they're doing a lot of things. And you know, everybody is um, is, is is looking. Everybody wants something, want to change things, and and uh, but go in the right direction. And I just want another op- opinion from somebody who's been there and done it, and um, uh, and or can. Or if they haven't, uh, give an opinion, uh, some logical opinion on uh, the process and what to do, what to look out for, and uh, and and is it a good idea that they've already got four businesses and they want a fifth? Is it a good idea, or are they just ruining the other three? You know, or four. Um, there's 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 lots of things, and then from don't do a lot of startups because that is like in group uh, sessions, but I do. Uh, I do I do an hour with startups and say, don't, don't, don't waste your money, just, to, just have an hour and, um, and that will probably put you on the right road. And if I can dissuade people from uh, making a mistake, then that's the best money they've ever spent for an hour because they've saved probably a lot of heartache and a fortune in not doing something that they wanted. But on the other hand, if you if you see there's something in somebody and uh, it, it's, it makes sense, then again that hour spent there is well worth it because it puts them on the right road mentally. And I've had lots of people who, who go. do do remember the uh, the hour I spent with you. I do. Yeah, four years ago. Yeah. Well, my my products come to market now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you inspired me to get that product out it was just an idea on paper when I come to see you. Now the product is, is out in the market, you know, and it's like, wow, that's, uh, that's good. I and mean, then some people come for a monthly or weekly, and it depends on where they are in their journey. And others, I'll get uh, phone calls every single day when they're doing a deal to the next, next and next because um, it, it does make a difference. So yeah, it's all types, all types of things. And I'm, di- I, I'm, I'm probably a different type of mentor than most because I haven't got a program. Uh, and I've got people that um, are in certain industries that they can only talk to me at night, 12, 1, 2 in the morning. And they're in that kind of industry where that works. And um, I, I've got no issue in, um, in, in time. I haven't got a watch. I don't know the time. It, it doesn't make any difference to me where it's. Four in the afternoon or four in the morning. Uh, it, is, it is what it is.
1: It's re- really good. And uh, definitely something for me in the future as I grow, as it's becoming down, because I like the way that you inspired all your workforce to work with you and continue to work with you when the chips were down in the beginning uh, and maybe during the journey of when you were getting uh, kitty care up there. And yeah. I think that's really good. For me, I want, I want people to work for me. And like you said, it, it's nice to cool. know people and communicate with people and grow people and find their strengths and then allow them yeah. to come on.
2: I'll just uh, refine that a little bit. They worked with with me because um, I didn't want people to work in a way for us. Um, Barry's behind the camera now, and you see, but we worked together, didn't we, Barry? Yeah. and um, and. It was like, if you'd got an idea, if you wanted to buy a camera, if you wanted to, it was like, yeah, you're the person. You're the person with the cameras. I don't know anything about photography, uh, but I do know it enhances, whatever Barry's job was in those days, it was enhanced. It was for the company. It wasn't because he wanted a camera and he wanted to play about with himself. It's like for the company. So... He had the authority to get what he wanted, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. and um, and it was like he made his own. He created his own job. Yeah. So he was like <laughs> people created a lot of people there created their own job, didn't they? Yeah, they, did. they they'd got a talent and uh, they you'll find in the book. There's a bit saying a job for Jackie. You can read that piece because that was a girl um, phenomenal. Uh, she was and um, and she was going to leave one day she'd only been there a couple of weeks she said I hate it I hate it and then we changed the job role she loved it and she created something that was needed and it was brilliant so you know don't dismiss people because I'd say I'm leaving and you go why why are you leaving because you know I knew she wasn't happy but I knew there must have been something and um, because of her attitude. um, There was just something about it. We changed her job that day. She never looked back. So um, and then when Kitty Care shut down she did say to me would you give me a reference? And I said no. (laughs) There's no way I'm going to give you a reference but take the book and turn it to the page where I've wrote about you and just say that's my reference so have no problem getting a job
1: that's really good yeah i like that story <laughs> i love hearing different little bits of story like like barry's story that barry was working emptying bins yeah and then you saw his skill oh, exactly <laughs> yeah and it was put the bin down barry <laughs> yeah yeah i love that yeah it's brilliant and and that just shows how great you are at inspiring people and how great you are that you now you've well you've moved on progressed on and you're mentoring these people um to help them grow so i think it's really good we're going to do a a slight change in in direction and start talking about inspiration from other areas and where you take your inspiration from so you said you you look online and um Uh something might grab your attention yeah um, and I've been seeing this guy, and you, you, you'll have to help me with his name again, Gary Vaynerch- Vaynerchuk. Vaynerchuk. I, I believe
2: it's Vayner- Gary uh,
1: And I really like his approach to things. Right, okay. Um, and I just wondered what you thought about Gary Vaynerchuk and his approach that nice guys no longer finish last. It's all about collaborative growing together.
2: Um, oh, well, I have seen bits and pieces. I've not, uh, I've not seen a lot of him. But I've seen bits of it. I don't. Uh, I don't particularly uh, watch uh, other speakers because I don't want to be uh, influenced. So when I go on a speaking uh, engagement and uh, there's probably six other speakers, I don't listen to them because uh, the problem. Is they might be speaking about what I'm going to speak about, (laughs) and that's and that is, um, and that's going to put me off, and I'm not going to want to speak, I'm not going to want to say the same thing, um, so I'd rather not know what they're speaking about, and um, and then it keeps me focused on what I'm doing, what I've done, how I can help people. And if the other five speakers have said exactly the same thing, then that's good. That's reinforcing. But if I heard the other five speakers saying the same thing as me, that would put me off and I think I'll go. So although I haven't, um, I've I've seen bits, but I haven't uh, seen a lot. You said
1: nice guys finish. So it used to be nice guys finish last. He now says nice guys no longer finish last in some of his talks that he does. And he's talking about if you're, which you've already already proved, if you're good to the people that you work with, you're good to the employees that are good to you, it then allows you to grow a lot more nowadays because the culture has changed. And I just wondered whether you, I think you already had that culture anyway in your business years ago. But I think now it's no longer I'm the man in charge and somebody like bouldering through, knocking people out of the way to then prove that they are the best to get.
2: to. I think you have to be ruthless in business. And um, you may find this interesting because I've always said when you read my book, it's a lot of reverse psychology and read between the lines. So I think you've got to be really, really tough and really ruthless and you have to make decisions that other people don't want to make and uh and the person that you've got to be ruthless with and tough is on yourself so you start because if you're kind to yourself and a nice guy to yourself then you're going to let everything go and you might say well everybody walk over you and yes they will and uh and you'll open the door for somebody else to go and get the bargains, and there'll be nothing left for you. So you have to be tough on yourself. You have to be ruthless on yourself, and keep on going when everybody else packs up. And uh, one of my mentors, Muhammad Ali, is in is in the um, uh, my website, on my website, and he said, "I start counting my press ups when I'm exhausted. I start counting the punches. When you know, I start skipping, when everybody else has gone home after the eight hours, and I've been skipping for eight hours, that's when I start counting the skips, you know? And it's like, this is it. You've got to be so ruthless on yourself that you can't give up. And um, and I've done that on the building site. I've done it uh, everywhere. This is why I say time is nothing. I can, I can go from now, when we're finished here, I can go up to Scotland uh, in the car, no problem, and not think anything about it. When I was um, in nineteen, in the nineteen seventies, getting up to the eighties, if I wanted to go to Hunstanton, which is a seaside place, on a Saturday night, which I did because I had a caravan there, I, and that was an hour. I had to stop halfway because I was exhausted. I couldn't see the road, and that's when I was thirty. Now I've Seventy, you know, it's like uh, I, I've got more energy now, more enthusiasm, more, more everything. So, so uh, because everything when I was thirty it was all new, I didn't know things. It was new, 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 a new challenge, a new thing. I don't, how do you cope with it Um, in business? You know, people do give up and it's a challenge. Every single day was a challenge because it was new. Now, what is new now? You know, it's like it's easier now because I've done it all uh, over and over and over again. So it becomes easier and you know what to expect, you know? Um, So nice guys. Right. Okay. So I went to see somebody uh, and I said, "Is this house for sale?" This was two days ago because they was clearing it out. And they go and they looked at me because I was in uh, working clothes. I've uh, got my high vis on. I've got raggedy old jeans and um, the toe protectors and that. And i was scruffy. And i got and and they said, uh, "No, it's not for sale." I go okay, all right. I said I tried to buy the house a few years ago, but the person wasn't interested. And they go okay. Um, well, it is for sale, and it's a million pound. I go, oh, right, okay. Uh, And he says, what do you think of that? I says, well, it is what it is. He said, what would you pay for it? I said, well, I pay going rate, whatever the going rate is. He said, well, what about a million? I said, well, go to three estate agents, get their opinions, and then you'll know whether it's worth a million. You'll know whether you can get it. And I said, well, and then you can come back to me. And he goes, oh, so-and-so, the next-door neighbor wants it. I said, well, okay, so he spoke to the next-door neighbor. Yes, and we said, and I said, well, fine. And now this is a nice guy coming out of me because I can't make any difference at all. He's going to go to his next-door neighbor and he's going to go to the person across the road because they've expressed interest in it before me. And that's fine. And I said, and if they don't buy it, it's fine. Come back to me and I'll have a look at the price. So that's being a nice guy. You know, because you cannot make any difference. They've decided they they are not going to sell it to you. And they've got an opinion of me based on what I looked like. And when I said I had, uh, I'd had already been and tried to buy it, their opinion of me slightly changed and the price went up to say that, you know, you can't afford it. Yeah, anyway, so so therefore, that's a nice guy coming out to me. If, I, if you want something... I used to go to uh, auctions in the 80s, and I used to see people that I knew, maybe estate agents, and there uh, was bidding for somebody else or whatever. And, and if I wanted something and they were bidding, I would stop. I wouldn't bid against them. And I said to an estate agent uh, who got this, I said, well, I, I, I would bid more, but I didn't bid against you because, you know, you're obviously... Um, we buy property from you. And he said, never, never do that. He says, when you're in an auction, never, never consider anybody else in the room. Doesn't matter who it is, whether I've been working with you for a few years or not. It doesn't, do not consider anyone else. If you're in that auction room and you want something, you go for it and don't look at anybody else. I go, that's a so weird way. Right? That's a bit ruthless. But he was telling me, not to, I should have I should have bid against him, and he was right. You know, in business, if you want something, you have to go and get it, and you can't open the door when this when the half price sale comes along. You can't be first. You can't be queuing up there for six hours waiting for the sale to open because you really want whatever's in that sale. And then there's a hundred people behind you, and then you open the door because you're first. And then you go, Oh, come on Bruce. <laughs> Being polite and 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 getting what you want in business is two different things. No, you've got to be there, you've got to be up front. People say to me, I could have bought that house, what you bought, or that shop, or whatever. We go, No, you couldn't. Yes, I could. I'd got the money. I could no, well, why didn't you buy it? Well, you bought it first. And why did I buy it first? Because I was up at six in the morning. I was. I looked at it at eight o'clock. I was in the estate agent at nine, and I give them the offer. That's why I bought it. What time did you go? Oh well, we didn't go till eleven. No, because you didn't get off your ass to do it. Now, who you know, being nice, and I thought I was really nice because I made the effort to go. I made the effort to make the bid at nine o'clock in the morning. Isn't that nice to the estate agent? Made it easy for him. Made it easy for the person who's selling it. I didn't turn up at 11 and go, I want to negotiate. I said, that's the price. You know, I'll give you the price. That's it. You know, finish. So I was a nice guy to them. But I was ruthless to these others because I got up in the morning, got my ass and went and bought it because they wanted it, but there was they didn't do it. So therefore, there is a balance there. Uh, if you want something, if you want to grow your business, then... You, you've got to look at these things, you've got to say, what do I want? What do I need? I need to educate myself for a start. Right? And I'll educate myself. And then when you've done your education, you look to the property, You the price is right, everything's right. And then you're going to fail on your education by letting somebody else in the door first. It, you know, that's just an example. Um, I don't know what it means, really, the question. I don't... I, don't know what he'd get at. I don't know in context of what Gary Vaynerchuk is
1: saying. It's the same context. What, what you just right. said is the same context. Okay. It's, it's about, right. so you're being, you're collaborative with the people that you're working with. Okay. You can grow strong with the people that you're working with. You adapt with the people that you're working with. So it's bringing everyone together to grow stronger. Yeah. You're still going to take in action. You've yeah. still got to take that action, Yeah, which is I, great. You've got to.
2: When I bought that uh, property, then I had, uh, there was work for the builders. And then there was uh, we turned it into an office, uh, so uh, there was a, it was an office for people for the last 30 years uh, and so on, so therefore, I think I did a great job in getting up in the morning, getting off my ass and going bit, but if that's being ruthless, no I don't know. well I'm in that way, I'm ruthless on myself because I didn't lay in
1: bed <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah, and I think that's it, and um, I was going to ask you for. What would you advise for people to get an app? But I think that's the advice there. I think get off your ass. Just get off your ass and yeah. do things. It's yeah. about taking action. Yeah. So it's, it's, what it's, what it's not need. just about taking the courses and learning how to do things. Do something about it. Look, you see all those books across there. There's, there's a, probably 100, 100 books across there. I've got 100
2: lots of cassettes and different things. And yeah, so um, all of those books I've read, uh, all of those books, uh, uh, Every word in those books is no good to anybody. Every cassette is no good. Every CD is no good to anybody, unless they take action on the information that they have. And I've took action on every single one of those books and tapes and CDs and everything. I've took action and usually within 24 hours, I've done something, that's bought that book, bought that uh, course. And, and when I used to start buying, when I started buying these courses, there was like in the 1980, there was like £120, you know, for food cassettes. And I still could make that money just on one sentence. It's finding the sentence that fitted you, that you go out and you do something, you alter your business or you get an idea and you do it. And, and you, you make the money. But a lot of people will read the book and they go, yeah, that's all right, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, what have you done about it? Uh, well, I'm going to read the next one because the next one's going to be even more exciting. Yeah, and then what are you going to do with that? And that, and that. You know, so therefore, you know, you have to take action. Physical action you have to take. And you have to go backwards to be able to go forwards in life. And when I say backwards, um, I should have jumped off that diving board eight years earlier.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> because that was, you know, that was, uh, what could I do? In eight years, I was a millionaire, from nothing to a millionaire, right? So what would have happened if I was 16 years in, you know, if I had took action eight years, but probably I wasn't ready because probably I wasn't hurting enough. Things, was, things were fine, you know, you got your wages, and what I wanted in life there, I, I, it was comfortable. And when it's comfortable, uh, you don't move. When it hurts, when the hurt gets uh, so bad that the future, whatever the future is, can't be, can't be any worse. And so people will always keep in their comfort zone and they'll go, I should have, I would have, I could have, but I didn't. And then they'll get to a point where I've had lots and lots of people say to me, I've always wanted to be self-employed, I've always wanted my own business, I've always wanted this and this and that. Well, why don't you do it now? Well, I've only got 15 years left, and I'll get my pension. So you mean you get your pittance? You get your yeah. Okay. okay. So so there's a tipping point where you go belong, you, you go past and people go, Oh, it's not worth it now. I'll do it when I retire. I'll start my business when I retire, when I've got my retirement money and, uh, and a bit more income so I know I'm safe. And then the, the bus driver doesn't see, the, you know, the sun comes into his cab and as you're walking across the road, he runs you over. And he go, hmm, you're not going to even get a pension now, have you? And <laughs> you know, it's like, this is life. How do you know what's going to happen tomorrow? And if you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, well, why, why don't you take a chance today? You know, and, and follow your dreams, follow your heart, follow your,
1: whatever you want, your instinct, and do what you want to do. Yeah, I'd, I'd hate to get to the end of my life and have regrets. I'd rather get to the end of my life, look at my failures, but then also look at my wins. Um, yeah, so that's brilliant. i got one final question. You can carry on as long as you like. <laughs> what is the brightest skies for
2: you? Well, it's um, your website, isn't it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is a bit of selfless promotion there, but yeah, it's uh, what would you like? So the future, future brighter skies for you. What do you see? So I, I know you talk about your goals and your plans, which you did it earlier. But what is what is the brightest skies for you? What is the the end goal? Even though I I know you'll work forever, (laughs) Um,
2: I think uh,
1: maybe I'm the wrong person
2: to ask because I've been there and done it, and uh, and got. I mean, it's turmoil out there at the moment. Um, A lot of people can't see it, but it is turmoil, and there's a lot of changes to make. So, bearing the changes in mind, which are going to be horrendous changes. physically and mentally and um, uh, all over the world. And um, uh, and there's going to be a lot of changes, a a lot with AI. And uh, the world is going to change because we're in the um, fourth... you, you, you get your first, second, and third. Uh, what do they call them? Revolution, not revolutions. Um, industrial, industrial revolutions. So we're in the fourth industrial revolution, uh, just going into it. So uh, it'll be completely different. Uh, every day is changing. So I suppose my end goal is to get through it uh, with everybody being safe, with uh, family and friends being safe, uh, and. Um, and I don't see that, but that's my brightest skies to come out of it when everybody has got free movement and uh, free, free uh, thoughts and can express uh, what they believe in without getting censored uh, because at the moment we're going backwards. So freedom is my brightest skies. Freedom to help, freedom to um, have a nice, uh, harmonious life without somebody going. Uh, wait there! I want your medical records. I want this. Who are you? And never mind who I am. You know, um, I, I want these things, and you have to give me them. Uh, I want freedom. Freedom to express myself. Freedom to say what I want, um, and and to have an opinion because at the moment we're going into an era where children can be seen but not heard. And that was from the Victorian times and we're going back into it. And so that's my brighter sky is to come out of it uh, intact mentally and physically with enough people around me that I love and uh, cherish that that have all survived.
1: So, Yeah, I love that sentiment Um, and I hope... I hope (laughs) we don't go down the the bad route where people cannot express their own freedom anymore. Uh, Thank you very much for being on my podcast. Um, I think this is going to bring immense value to everybody, allow them to grow. Um, If you'd never, uh, if you'd never known about Neville Wright uh, before this, where have you been? Um, If not, get online, have a look, read his book. Um, Neville, if you want to do a bit of promotion so they can find you, the
2: website, it's got a lot of free stuff on it. It's uh, nevillewright.com uh, If there's any questions, you can uh, ask me. Um, if there's any suggestions, what I can, um, how can enhance the website, then um,
0: uh,
2: send them to Barry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Barry is uh, doing a marvellous job uh, on it. And, um, you know, all thanks to him. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so... There we are, Nevillewright.com. and the answer is yes. Now, what is the question? If you don't laugh, uh, when you read the book, if you don't laugh and you don't cry, I'll give you money back. But um, <laughs> uh, the money will have uh, gone to charity anyway, so um, use it as a
1: doorstop. <laughs> and you will laugh. <laughs> you will laugh. I've loved the book. Uh, thank you again, Neville. It's been a, a massive pleasure and an honour to meet you. Uh, been one of my heroes for years, so thank you.
2: Thank you very much.
0: for listening to the Brighter Skies podcast we hope you enjoyed the show to find out more about the work that Gary does please visit his website brighterskiesproperties.com and if you enjoyed this podcast then please leave a rating and review on the platform where you heard it thanks for listening and see you next time